in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Hey, welcome everybody to another episode of the Top 10 Show. I am John Roca. Uh, I am Matt Nost, and I think we're basing this one on a release. Yeah. Today's show. Yeah. Free guy. Uh, free guy. I think this is well, no, I thought it, it was for Crudes. Oh, for the Crudes. Sorry. Crudes 2. That's right. Crudes 2 yeah. is coming out. The new age. Crudes Maybe two. it just came out. I uh, I don't know, nor do I care. <laughs> Um, spoiler alert, the first one did not make my list. <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend was watching the trailer because it came on randomly. We were watching something on, on and she was like, what the fuck is that? And I said, well, it's, uh, it's the crew. It's Nick Cage. She's like, Nick Cage is in this? And I go, Ryan Reynolds. And she's like, I had no idea this existed. And I'm like, yeah, you know, these are it's, animated movies, man. Yeah, it's fine. Mm. I've never seen it. it. I've never seen it. Uh, I, yeah, I thought it was all right. I think it's weird that Six years later, they made a sequel. Yeah. Oh, has it been six years? Wow. Or something. I, I don't know the specific date, but it feels like it's been six years. Wow. Uh, are you looking up the release on the original Crudes? Yeah. Just trying to see if maybe uh, it was only, I felt like it was only a couple of years ago, but I mean, what's time nowadays, right? 2013. You're absolutely right, Matt. Holy shit. So seven years ago. Holy shit. Yeah, it was. It's been a minute since this was out. I thought it was uh, average when it came out. Right, right. And then now they're like, we're running it back. You're like, all right, <laughs> if you say so. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, it's not like it's a bad movie. I just didn't think it was. Right, if you're gonna do right. a sequel, you would assume the sequel would come in eighteen months to two years. But yeah, they whip it out while people still remember it. Not a, not as opposed to, hey, you remember robots? The, yeah, uh, DreamWorks. Yeah, we got a sequel, and you're like, it's been so long. Is there a huge fan base for robots? Does it guys know something I don't know about? I liked it. I liked robots too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I liked it better than Crudes. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. Uh, but anyway, so we yeah. actually are basing a show on a new release. So there you go. Uh, yeah. it's been a while. It's uh yeah the top ten uh, Ryan Reynolds movies you know he's a fan favorite of ours uh, so we uh, we're gonna have a little fun counting them down uh, but I'd be remiss not to have a quick NBA conversation with Matt Nost Matt oh, Nost you, you want to talk about the Wizards do you <laughs> I could be more excited Russell Westbrook coming to the Wizards I immediately looked on the site I was wondering when. Because Christmas is coming, and maybe they'll stop dropping, start dropping some of the prices on these. I am going to absolutely get a Russell Westbrook jersey. So I'm excited. Wow, really? Yeah. Oh yeah, this has been. I've been never. I haven't been this excited for a free agent coming to the Wizards since Chris Webber, man. So I oh. am excited. Nobody comes to me anymore, man. Exactly for that reason, right? But are you telling me this is such a dramatic upgrade that you guys are now championship caliber? No, hell no. Oh, hell no. But at least I'm going to want to watch the games. You know, John Wall was good, of course. But, like, 
he was always injured. He was, it was him and Beal were always grumbling at each other. He was kind of a prima donna. He was complaining about he didn't get a shoe contract. There's just constant drama around Wall. Now, I know there'll be drama about Westbrook, but it's that kind of alpha drama that I like as opposed to the whiny drama, that whiny beta drama that I don't like. Westbrook has a scary history of going out very early in the playoffs. Now he's made he made the finals, but that was super early in his career. I mean, he's 32 and, now. And he had Durant on the team and Harden. So yeah. And Harden and Serge Ibaka. And Baca, right, right, right. That was a pretty stacked young team. If that it's the same song and dance everybody's been, you know, talking about all these years yeah. later. I mean, do I think you got the better player? Yes. Yes, I do. Because you don't know what John Wall is anymore. Right. Right. But if John Wall, say say John Wall is 95% of what he was, how is this any different than Westbrook? Well, I think because uh what what do you mean what do you mean in terms of fit? In terms of style of play, what they offer you offensively, they are roughly on some level the same fucking player. True. But I don't think Wall can intimidate a game the way Russell Westbrook might. Perhaps. I think this, I think that's the thing that separates. True. I like the fact that Westbrook is this side of crazy, uh, and he's just so like, do I. and I don't mean, and I'm not trying to be offensive to anybody. I'm just saying, I like the fact that he's unpredictable. I like the fact that he wants to boss a game when he feels like bossing a game. We, we were curious a year ago how this whole Harden Westbrook thing was going to work out, and it didn't work out in the end because yeah. you uh, can't have two ones running your team at the same time. Well, you can't have two ones. And this is what I don't understand why you traded for John Wall for James Harden. Is this a save? The Is this like um where they think Harden might go? So in case he does, they've got John Wall to step in and take that spot. Is that what this move was from Houston? This move was, hey, hey, you have the most unmovable contract, right? Well, I have the other most unmovable contract. <laughs> they are literally, I think, within like a hundred thousand dollars of mm. overall value between the three, uh, the two of them, over the next True. three years. Literally a hundred thousand. One year, I believe their their salary is exactly the same. Yeah. Uh st- so there were no other takers for Westbrook. Westbrook was going nowhere else. So yeah. if they need him out, they got something in return. No really. They took a chance, Matt. They've got a what was a premier point guard in the NBA until he was injured. And from all accounts, the offseason, he's looked good. From all accounts, John Wall has looked good. But what does that mean exactly? But you, the, yeah, yeah. So they're investing in the potential possibility that he could come back and, well, and uh, resume his form. Boogie, that's a smart move. <laughs> um, I, I mean, look. I like it for you guys. I think you guys got the better of the two deal. Plus, I agree. In 2023, if you were you're trying to show Bradley that we're going to build around you, and is West, Russell Westbrook going to be able to subvert his overall alpha? Because this is kind of Beal's team now at this point, even though they just traded for Westbrook, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yes and no. I, I think it's Beal's team in the sense that, like, he has been the more consistent and healthier star between the two, him and Wall. And they and when Wall went out, you know, Beal had that comment, and uh, Gortat years ago was like, "Yeah, now everybody gets to eat those kind of shots at John Wall." But I think what Russell might understand now is Beal could be like another version of Durant, and by that I mean they're a one-two, and so uh, somebody bosses the. But Beal's not really an alpha. Beal is a 
sit on the wing shooter. I don't see him as an alpha, and I think Russ Westbrook is an alpha. But your ownership has been publicly signaling and saying outright that he is their number one. We are right. choosing to build around Bradley Beal. And then John Wall came out, had a quote two weeks before he got traded saying, you know, I was basically, in essence, I was taken aback by that statement. But I understand given the fact that I've been out. I am paraphrasing what he said, but that's yeah, yeah, in yeah. essence what he said. Uh, so it was a tough pill to swallow. But at the same time, he hasn't played a game in a long time. Yeah, two years, almost two years. Yeah, it's almost two years. Um, but the, the thing is, though, but I think what Westbrook does is crashes into the lane, collapses the defense. Yeah, you know, passing out to Beal, who's going to have more wide open shots. So Beal goes back to being a shooter, which is what he does best, in my opinion. And then you have Westbrook, who's going to run that offense and give him some great uh, looks at the basket, some wide open looks at the basket, especially if Westbrook can keep. I know he's 32, man. You're right. I mean, you saw this with Derrick Rose, right? One knee injury away from being unable to do what he does well in his game. Yeah. Can Russell adapt and can he stay healthy? That's another because remember he was uh, he was uh, injured during the playoffs for some of the playoffs last year or this past season. So can he do it? I don't know, but I'm I'm excited at the possibility, and I love that we got rid of that albatross contract of Walls, and we'll see what we have uh, in Westbrook. And I don't know if he well, stays yeah. past this year. You know, I now you need to find another person for a trade partner for Westbrook at forty four million. Yeah. Guess what? So you're going to swap back with John Wall? <laughs> Just There's not a lot of takers because there's still 91 million or something owed even after next season. That's crazy, Matt. That's so yeah, hard. they're making it's like 44, 45, 46, both of them. Yeah. It's like it's bananas, you know, or 43, 45, 46, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. It's like there's no, there's not many people you can trade at that level. Yeah. Yeah. So even if you do trade Westbrook, you, it's going to be a couple pieces. You're going to get fifty cents on the dollar. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So you have Westbrook now for at least two years. <laughs> at least two years. I hope yes, it works. I mean, I, and the thing is, what what I get worried about is the Huchimura, right? Is is this going to affect his development? Having a guy who's going to want the ball in his hands a majority of the time, or has R- Russell maybe? Now that he's a little bit older, he's a little more circumspect. He's, does he understand how to run an offense better? Can he weave his – I mean, look, somebody said he was overrated. I'm like, yeah, you can say he's overrated, but he drags teams to the playoffs one way or another. He rarely misses the playoffs. So yeah. that's a positive with Washington that we haven't had in a while. So, But do we have the pieces uh, in place that are going to get us um, uh, to the playoffs and to win a, a, at least the a first round yes. series. Yeah, it depends on what seed you end up at. Hmm. Uh, depending on your matchup, if you can get to somewhere near the middle, yeah, you guys can yeah. compete with all kinds of interesting. But if it's against the Celtics or the Bucks, or just like I, I have more belief because they just have so much depth at so many positions. I like right. I like Hachimura as well. I yeah. like Davis Bertans. I thought that was great that you resigned right. him. Bertans, yeah, yeah. I question how much defense you guys are really going to play. But you should be able point. to shoot the lights out. Westbrook point. did make one interesting pivot last year. Is he stopped fucking shooting threes by the end of the season. He can't shoot no, threes. He sucks at it. He, he is sucks. terrible at it. Yeah, yeah. So please do anything and everything else. And hopefully he continues to do that for you. Because if he settles for shooting threes again, could get ready to watch yeah. 20... 
On a bad night, 22%. On a good night, 28% from three for the course of 72 games regular season and in the playoffs, man. And it's fucking brutal to watch. It's the only thing I really hate about Westbrook because that dude is so much fun to watch. He was my favorite player for like three years. Yeah, dude. I love him. It's nothing against him. I just move on because I've watched a lot of you. And now I've, you know what? I love watching this dude now. And he's one of my favorite players. And it's just, it's nothing against you. I still have, I still love Westbrook. Right. It's got flaws, but that's also from a 41-year-old that never had a shot of making the NBA. So take that with me. <laughs> the world's smallest grain of salt or sand or whatever the fuck it is. But, but you, uh, you and I spoke about this in the past when we've talked about Westbrook. What Simmons said is the greatest uh, encapsulation of Westbrook. He is a 90-10 player in that he'll put 90% on that table. He'll, he'll put 90% on that table, but that 10% he takes off, when he when it, off the table is uh, can cost you a series, can cost you a, a, a mm-hmm. critical game. That's the thing you have to dance with when you have Westbrook on your team. Yeah, hey, man, he's still one of the best players in the world. Yeah, Agreed. he's just he's not a top five. Do you he's think not- having Do you think having them come there uh, attracts other free agents? If that's possible, <sighs> they don't. You don't have the cap space anymore between. Beal, Westbrook. I'd have to look. I mean, that's just a guess off the top of my head. You just gave Bertans. I mean, you got Hachimura under a rookie contract, so that's good. Yeah, but yeah. he's two years away, I think, from the extension or a year before he's a restricted. Yeah. Um, and then you'll have that money to deal with. But between those three dudes, I would assume. Let me just. Are you looking it up? Yeah, I'm looking it up. I'm just going to see. Go, go ahead. You do. Go ahead. Let go me ahead. guess. Between those three guys. <sighs> I would guess you have somewhere between 86 to 90 million wrapped up in the three of them next year. Right. The team pit Russell Westbrook uh, for 20 is 41 million next year. Okay. So that's three, that's 3 million less than I thought. Beal's what? 28. Beal is 28. Yes. 28.7. So that's 69. And then Berton's, I want to say somewhere in the 15 to 17. Like he, he got the, he's 13.7. 13.7. Oh, that's not bad. I yeah, thought they were yeah. 15, 17. They resigned him for less money initially, Longer. but it'll increase as the years go on. Yeah, no, that's smart. Um, Thomas Bryant is making Thomas oh, Bryant is making eight million dollars. I'm like Dominique Wilkins is losing his fucking mind watching this shit. Those three dudes are what then? Eighty two and a half million? Eighty three and a half million? Oh yeah, good call. Uh, sixty nine. Yeah, eighty two. Eighty two. Little probably eighty four million when you add up the other stuff around them. Yeah, eighty eighty three to eighty four million. Those three guys. Yeah, exactly. That, so there's not a lot a lot of meat left on that bone. No, it's true. It's not. Um, now when wow. you got 8 million going to this asshole and this team know. is shit though, man, look at the rest of I mean, like, yeah, the rest of your team sucks. Thomas Bryant's all right, but Robert Lopez at 32 years old ugh, is Smith. I like, I, I like Lopez is Smith is a problem. Ish, yeah. Yeah. Ish Smith is a problem. Then he have Avja, the 19 year old kid they got, uh, yeah. Jerome, Jerome Robinson. Any good. Yeah. Troy Brown jr. Moritz Wagner. Those are all first round picks that have okay. been on the team. So I don't know. I don't know. But you'll make the playoffs in the East unless an injury happens. So yeah, you got that. So that's good. It's a boy that I can I say for my rules right now. <laughs> Do you think we could make possible? it, but we could also miss it again. All right. Uh, all right. Well, that's been sports talk. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed 
11 minutes of basketball talk uh, on a movie show. <laughs> we were doing old, old Rye Rye, old yeah, uh, Rye guy. Uh, let's get into it. All right, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Matt, what, how does the show work, my man? Uh, once we set a topic, we go our individual ways and create personal top 10. Let's show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top 10 list, we create the shows between the two of us. Uh, so I couldn't decide what I wanted at 10. Okay. All right. Um, so I wrote down safe house. Oh, okay. That's a uh, putt. I put safe. I have safe house a little bit higher than that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, nine, because this part is so small. Mm-hmm. Smoking aces. Yes, that's my nine. Good call. Good call. Um, I looked it up. It's uh, not that well received, yeah. critically speaking. I thought it was a good movie. I liked it a lot, bro. Uh, it's, I think it's Carnahan who directed it is that Carnahan. one. Uh, I, I had a great time because Carnahan's movies are that. And, and look, there are certain directors that are like very male directors in what they create with their action movies and their whatever, like Gavin O'Connor's in that. There's a number of directors that just kind of have these kind of uh, films that are a certain way. And I liked Smoking Ace. Smoking Ace is, yes, it's stylized, it's fantastical, all that kind of stuff. But uh, but overall, it's actually really well. I mean, Taraji P. Henson's in this shit, acting her face off. And Ryan does a well, great job in the second half of the movie kind of navigating the frustrating situation and the people he keeps losing while he's trying to maintain order in some of or trying to maintain some semblance of order. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, is it derivative of Tarantino, then guy Ritchie? Mm. Yeah. It's this collection of, you know, type of, but it's not like they created that, but they did kind of give it a nice resurgence. Yeah. Uh, so it felt like a junior version of that. But th- the fact of the matter is you knew exactly what you were walking into mm-hmm, when you saw mm-hmm. it the first time. True. It, it delivered on that 100%. Yep. And you walk out going, that was good. That was exactly, it's like rock and roller. Yeah. I knew what this movie was going to be before I saw it. Now I think smoking, I enjoyed smoking aces more than I enjoyed rock and roll. It's nothing against rock and roller. Just there's always a, you like one more than another type of thing. Yep. 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 Uh, but yeah, I think my favorite performance might be uh, Bateman's. Jason Bateman's in it. Oh yeah, Jason Bateman's the, Yeah, the lawyer. But it's like this—he's got a slight affectation in his voice, and it's got—I don't know—he plays a great little scumbag type of uh, lawyer, small, tiny yeah. little part. There's a bunch of those. Ben Affleck's got a small part. Peter Berg, yeah, yeah. Uh, an un- almost unrecognizable Chris Pine. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot. And of course, you could forget Alicia Keys. Alicia Always Keys. great. She's always great. Uh, that was tough to watch in that movie, man. I'm like, oh, wow. I get it that she's being authentically herself, but like, yeah, just, she's not a good actress. It's not that interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, she's, she's not a, a good singer. actress. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get the common thing, man. I don't get the common Neither thing. Neither do I, man. People like him so much and they put him in everything. And I'm like, there is no acting going on. He's just saying lines. The same fucking way in every every movie. Movie, he's honestly he's a walking <laughs> blank canvas. Every time he comes on screen, it's like I I don't have a read for what this character is. Yeah, it's mind blowing to watch, yeah. and people love him. My girlfriend fucking loves comedy. It Dude, drives he works, me insane. Man. I'm like, he why? Works. Whereas 
most deaf? Are you talking about whatever former musicians, rappers turned actors? That, like, yeah. He's awesome. I wish he would act more. I agree with you a thousand percent, man. I liked him in yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide. I liked him in that 16 Blocks movie with yeah. Willis. I thought he was really good in that. Hey, Be Kind Rewind. Yeah. Um, he right. did that TV movie with Alan Rickman, uh, HBO, the uh, first right. open heart surgery or something like That's that. Right. I, I in years that. I've seen it. Um, yeah, but Common, I just don't. Dude, that dude works. Whereas then you're like, same era, Andre 3000 can't find a job, apparently. Acting. <laughs> yeah. And I, point. even if I don't like his movies, I actually like him as an actor. Yeah. He, he made a choice. I just don't. I, don't I mean, look. I'm not, and, and look, this is not to be, this is honest opinion. It's not trying to be offend anybody or like, you know, go get all the jobs you want, common, I suppose. Everyone's give to you, but yeah. like the delivery is the same, whether he's in 1950 South uh, black man or he's 2020 black man, the delivery is exactly the same, whether he's wearing a uniform or not wearing a uniform or he's in an emotional moment. And I'm, everything is just like, well, I don't. I don't understand why you're doing these things. And it's just costly, all this stuff. There's no life to anything he's doing. And it drives me insane. And in this movie, too, like a lot of stares, a lot of looks. John Wood, too. A lot of stares, a lot of looks. Drives me nuts. I know. It's it's unfortunate. Because I got nothing against the guy. Right, right. Like musically, I love the crew pretty much everybody else in the crew that I associate him with, mm-hmm. which is most deaf or Talib Kweli or those types of guys. Talib Kweli is one of my favorites of all time. And Common is a friend of his and they've done work together and yeah. they came out of, he, I mean, Common came out of Chicago. They came out of New York, but it was yeah. like the same era. And uh, it's like, I, I wanted to love him. And it's just like, man, I find this dude just dull. Yeah. And then he switched over to acting and I was like, opinion, maybe, maybe my previous musical opinion influenced uh, I don't know though, but uh, yeah, Common has just been a zero every time I see him. All he play, all he plays are is earnest. That's the only emotion he knows how to play is earnest. And I just like give me something else, man. Anything else, for God's sake. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So Smoking Ace is lower on our list, I think, because his part isn't. He's not the technically the lead because there is no real lead. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You say maybe Piven is the central character. Right. Right. Uh, remember when he had a he had a minute? Remember when he had a minute, Matt? Jesus. No. Uh, <sighs> anyway, all right. What's your eight? My eight. Get ready to say the words punt. Okay. Which is just friends. Uh yes, that is a punt, my friend. Yeah, okay, absolutely. I know. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. what do you got? Ten. Uh, my ten is the proposal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like that movie. It's a good, uh, uh, fun romantic comedy. What? I think I've seen the trailer. Okay, so you've never seen it. All right. It's a fun romantic comedy. Him and Sandra Bullock uh, have a good good chemistry, rather. You know, she's a boss. Uh, He hates her. He works for her, but he hates her. Uh, And she's Canadian, and they're about to rescind her citizenship, and she claims that she's got to marry him. I've seen this. Oh, yeah. She's got to marry him to be... Uh, to stay in the country and of course mm-hmm. he had no idea uh and they have to go up to their parents yeah yeah a cabin yeah with all and betty white's in it mary, Ste- mary steen version of course because she's in every one of these movies like this um and so 
going into this, the, the, he's got, and then they eventually kind of like, you know, kind of learn more about each other and discover more about each other. Uh, so it, it's surprising the twists and turns it takes, but I actually liked their chemistry. I liked uh, Sandra Bullock kind of bossing a, a film because usually it's Sandra Bullock who's playing the assistant like in two weeks or whatever, two weeks notice or whatever, like trying to get with her boss or trying to figure out the situation with her boss. But in this, sure. it's a reverse. And, and Ryan Reynolds actually plays it really well uh, and still has his jokes, still has his moments of comments under his breath, which is every role he's in. Um, yep. But but it works. And I liked it. And Betty White's very funny in it, you know, what have you so yeah if you haven't seen it it's a good one to put on your list um yeah it's been so long i mean it took you talking about it go oh yeah i have seen that (laughs) Um, well we had the same nine what is your eight then oh then my eight is life see his part is so small spoiler alert okay okay that's why i kept it off i like life a lot i think it's Mm -hmm was better than I was anticipating. Go ahead. Yeah. Please talk about it though. Yeah. A really interesting film with a lot of good, good actors uh, throughout. I think Rebecca Ferguson uh, is in this. Thing. I think Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal is in this. Right, right. The, uh, the Japanese gentleman from like Last Samurai and he was in Avengers yeah. Endgame. Uh, he's in this thing. So many good actors in this thing uh, about yeah. this species or thing that they find and the terror that they uh, go through on the ship, trying to bring it back to earth, Um, essentially alien all over again on the ship, except it's a way smaller thing that grows. Hmm? Yeah. And they did it right. Exactly. exactly. They bring it back to life. It's a single cell organism. They think, (laughs) and eventually it turns into a starfish of death. Yeah, basically, it's just uh, it's a good movie. It really is. It, yeah, yeah, just uh, Reynolds. I took it off just because Reynolds' part is the smallest of the parts. All right, that's fair. I could totally respect that. But like, but, going through his resume, I was like, well, I'm going to throw this one in there because I actually like this movie and enjoy this movie. I agree. Uh, and, if I, yeah, so. yeah, if I had counted it, it would have been in the, like the five, six, seven range for me. Hmm. Uh, okay. I remember hearing uh, the, you know, the critical discussion of it and it was getting middling mm-hmm. and it was kind of disappointing type of thing. Uh, so I w- didn't see it initially when it came out you yeah. know, upon release. Perhaps it's a better streaming movie, but uh, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was good. I, I, I even well. liked the ending, even yeah. though it doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. <laughs> I like, uh, and, and the terror is so well done throughout the whole movie, you know, that when the end comes... And so many people were speculating that it was the that they were lying about the title of the movie and what the movie was about, that the studio was lying because they were claiming that that it was Venom. They thought that movie was Venom and they were going to reveal it at the end of the movie that it was Venom. uh, But they called it life, but it actually is Venom and then connected up into the Spider Wars, Spider-Man universe. That was a lot of the rumor surrounding that movie before it came out. You know, and so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because it certainly uh, could fit, you know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it had the right, it had the nice level of menace, too, like as it uh, grows throughout the film. Yeah. As the that character develops, so to speak, they <laughs> add slightly more flourishes to him. So it's not like it was just this junior thing and you just saw that same thing get bigger. It's like right. as it it became more menacing over time, and I appreciated that about it. It's this little cute thing reaching out at first, like a little ET phone home finger touch. Mm-hmm. That's all it wants to do, and when it breaks that guy's hand, you're like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh. 
with uh, such such relaxed ease <laughs> with which it does it. You're just like, oh my god! Uh, it just has the perfect leverage and just thunk, and you're like, oh, 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 he passes out. Like that makes sense. Uh, fuck, man. Uh, it, it rival. It came close to rivaling the the ankling from Misery. Although nothing, I think anyone, anything will ever beat that. It came close though. <laughs> yeah, well, the ankling, the hobbling could happen to us technically. It's true. <laughs> whereas the alien thing, there's always the I got to suspend disbelief. Whereas Misery, little close to home. Oh, we wake asshole. up and my wife or your girlfriend just had a bad night. Maybe. <laughs> Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> just wake up, Karen. Karen, relax. Karen, oh. just the gun right in your face. I don't think that's ever going to happen, but hey, no, it's, it's more believable than alien. <laughs> Breaking your hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone put the gif of Kathy Bates uh, hobbling James Conn. I forget that the camera lingers after she does it. You in see the, the foot just go. <laughs> that's what sells it. If you just had to imagine it, I don't think it would be nearly... A thousand percent agreed. Sometimes <laughs> yeah, hearing it and making your your mind kind of visualize what that is is worse. Right. right. But I think in this oh. instance, because the damage is so simplistic but yet palpable, oh, it's more effective to see it ever so slightly. Oh God. You can instantly go, yeah, I can see where that would hurt. <laughs> oh man, the worst. But yeah, that finger snap is uh, is oh. no joke. He comes out and his his hand is just all noodly. Uh, <laughs> but it's a good movie. It's just, a good movie. <laughs> it is. I just intentionally left it off. Uh, guys, he, although he has the save the cat moment. Yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> in the early part of the script. Oh man, that's fair. I get. I take your criticism. Totally fair. Totally fair. <laughs> Um. All right. Uh, where are we at? Seven? Is that seven? Uh, yeah. My seven. Okay. Is uh, Mississippi Grind? Yeah, I haven't seen this one. The one with him and Ben Mendelsohn, right? Uh, I haven't seen it. Is it good? It is good, just for the two of them. Okay. Okay. Um, the story as a whole, the overall arc, I think is fine. It doesn't uh-huh. have some huge conclusion because yeah. it's just about two dudes. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, but if you if you go into it, just fixating on the two of them, the acting that they do, the the back and forth between the two of them, there's a general spark in chemistry. Uh, okay. And to see the shift of the individuals as they grow, you know, through the story, because it's a Mendelssohn is a gambler, a degenerate yeah. gambler, and Reynolds is this dude that kind of just strolls into his town. And he, Mendelssohn, latches onto him. This is in the description of the movie itself. Yeah. Uh, Mendelssohn latches onto him like a good luck charm. And that's where the movie starts, in essence. It's like, that's 15 minutes in, and then the movie begins. Right. Uh, but if you read the blurb about, what's this movie about? That'll be the two-sentence kind of breakdown. Uh, but it's, a, you know, it's just the the back and forth between the two of them. And I also like it because it, you still have the Ryan Reynolds one-liners in the jokes here and yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's pulled back quite a bit, mm-hmm. and you see different sides from him in this movie. Uh, I think Mendelssohn's performance is the one overall that I think has more emotional weight mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because you connect, I think, a little bit more with him. 
at least it, early on when you're trying to latch on to the characters because Ryan Reynolds was a little, a little bit mysterious on some level. Uh, but to see Ryan, uh, like you can see where the charm of him, he tells a story early on at a poker table and the, the table goes from really cold and who the fuck are you to, Hey, I kind of like this guy. And it, it's some of the best acting slash. I believe that's a lot of who you are too, but you channeled into this, character and it works so so perfectly yeah yeah yeah. uh so it's a nice balance he still has his little one-liners or whatnot but they scale that back and it's it's more a character study between the two of them i think it's good is it his if you go to rotten tomatoes like a second highest rated movie or third right no yeah yeah Uh, because i think the emotional resolution at the end doesn't have where it would vault vault it up to that high when you look at the full scope of someone's filmography at least for me so uh, check it out sometime. All right, all right. All it's right. like it's like a buck forty, buck forty-five. Yeah, it's gotten good. I, I was when I was compiling the list, I saw it. it was it gotten good reviews? I just I couldn't I just couldn't get a chance the last few days to watch it. But I, you know, it's got good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, so maybe it does. Maybe I don't think it's the '90s something. I think that's a low '80s type of vibe movie. Okay, still, still good. That's good. Yeah, I'll take yeah. low '80s. Not just not like whatever '90s something it is. I'm like wow, really? Okay. <laughs> um. But right. at the same time, that's yeah, one person's opinion. So what do I know? Well, so that is my seven. Okay. Uh my six is definitely maybe. Uh yeah, it's my seven. So yeah. Really enjoyed. Watched it for this show, Catherine and I did. Yeah. And it ended. We both went, that was really good. Mm-hmm. Um and then read the reviews and they were like, it was by the numbers, seemed contrived. I'm like, really? Okay. I had a completely different response to that. That didn't seem you it's a, it's a rom-com. So you know where it's going, but it was at least an inventive way to suspend your expectations. Yeah. Uh, until the third act, uh, and Abigail Breslin is great as his daughter and their, their interaction back and forth is, you know, yeah. good stuff. Wasn't there a movie like this with Ashton Kutcher? I thought there was like where they, he's telling the story of how he got with the with the with the mom or the girl. You're asking remember. the wrong person. <laughs> I met your mother. <laughs> I yeah, I don't. You don't have the Ashton Kutcher filmography memorized, uh, Mister Mister No, I don't. Uh, he seems like a really great uh, guy, uh-huh. genuinely so, Ashton. Yeah. But I'll be damned if I think he's been in good movies. <laughs> the ones I've seen, I stopped watching. I won't go see. Oh, Ashton Kutcher's got a, you know, when his Steve Jobs is coming out, be like, I think I'm just going to wait for the fast bender. <laughs> You're like, I'm good to you. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good to, you know. Good see. for you. Yeah. Continue to work. Continue to do all the stuff you do. Uh, I'm not going to hate on you, but yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah, my bad, my bad. All right, never mind. I was thinking of a lot like love, and that's got nothing to do with uh, with the fact that he's uh, talking to his daughter. Yeah, so definitely, yeah, definitely. Maybe I, re- I, I'm with you. Like the first time I saw it, I didn't know what to expect, and I was like, "Well, it's gotten good reviews. Let's see if it's any damn good." And you watch it, and you're like, "Wow, there's a lot of people in these in this film that are actually really good actresses or actors," and it's told in a in a way that's very. <clears throat> I'm going to say, if you've been, if you've dated numerous people, 
you can relate to this guy and you can like remember when like you would meet someone and the the unique interactions you would have with that person and how it developed into a relationship and of course and then it didn't work out uh, and then you met someone else and you developed a relationship whatever and then it didn't work out until you met the person who you know became the mother of of the child you have there and so to me that, that's what i enjoyed about it. it was such a surprisingly light touch and he's very charming in the movie um, and you buy yeah. all these relationships, even though these women are completely different, you buy him being in these relationships at that time in his life, uh, for whatever. And the Rachel Vice one, uh, was great. I enjoyed that one. Yeah. And Isla Kevin Fisher Klein out of nowhere, huh? Kevin Klein out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah. Right. Did, didn't know he was in it. And suddenly it was like, Kevin Klein. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Rachel Vice, uh, Elizabeth Banks, mm-hmm. uh, Ms. Fisher. Um, yeah. Well, I don't normally like it, but she was good. She was good. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, overall, it was... He hasn't done... And this director hasn't done that many things. It's Adam Brooks. Um, yeah, he did that. He did... Then he went right into television. Like, he didn't do another thing, and directing-wise... He did Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce, Morton in the Jungle, Imposters. Those are the TV things that he's done. Um, and he wrote some of those episodes for Mozart in the Jungle. But before that, he directed Red Riding Hood, Almost You. Mm-hmm. What's Almost You from 1984? Wow. Okay. So no, there you I'm go. Yeah, weird. Um, yeah, but interesting. Oh, yeah, but you good stuff. The jungle. Did you watch that show? I did not. I know it won Emmys uh, or what have you. Like but bullshit I to me. I watched the first season and it just wasn't your jam. I don't know. I just the the character your uh, characters you're supposed to root for and, and mm-hmm. want to go on this journey with. I didn't care. Yeah, I didn't connect with them. And I was like, I gave you a shot, and then it started winning awards. Just, yeah, good for you. Uh, I, I, maybe it got better as it progressed. I just I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Hey, glad he's working. Good for you. <laughs> good for you. Know it's what? Good for you. It's, uh, it's good for you. I don't want to shit on you. Um, good for you, Spider. All right. Um, so that was my seven and six. What do you got? Okay. Uh, my seven is definitely maybe as you spoke about, and then my six, the putt from earlier, safe house. Okay. I I mean, look, I it's a Denzel vehicle, so to speak, but. Ryan makes it a really good film, right? I like Ryan's kind of like progression in the film from this kind of wide-eyed guy who gets recruited into the situation. And then Denzel's the one that's having to navigate him through the safe house, through what's happening at the safe house and it being attacked and that these twists and turns and there's, uh, you know, betrayals and what have you. And he's mm-hmm. not sure. And you're not sure as you're watching the movie, whether he should be listening to Denzel Washington or not. So I love the way it's done. I think Tony Scott directed this one. Um, if I'm right on that, but like, I really enjoy the look of it. I like the twists and turns of it. I like the brutality of some of the scenes. And I thought Ryan was, Oh no, sorry. It's Daniel Espinosa who directed this one. Okay. I liked the way he was tested in the movie overall. So I was thoroughly entertained, man. I mean, it's a, it's a rare Denzel Washington film that I don't like. Uh, so this one is one of those ones that I did just thoroughly. I remember watching the theater and just having a good time watching it and enjoying their interaction and their chemistry and seeing Ryan grow as like a wide-eyed kid into this kind of stone-cold killer who understands what he needs to do to survive the situation. 
Uh, yeah, I just, um, you know, it's 10 on my list because to mm. me it was always meat and potatoes. It does. Okay. Uh, it didn't elevate above the genre it exists in. So I was like, ah, I liked it. I saw it in the theater and it was like, yeah. that was a good afternoon and yeah, enjoyed yeah. myself um, thoroughly. I just don't know how often I go back to rewatch Safe House. It was a fight between that and Turbo. Uh, okay. which Turbo, well, I watched it with nephews and nieces or something at some point. Right. And right. Uh, surprisingly enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, but it, I was like, I, I think the chances of me seeing Safe House again are higher. That's why it made my list. Okay. Um, okay. But I don't know that I've seen it since the theater. Oh, okay. You know, you yeah, I've watched movies. Yeah, true. I've watched it a few times uh, uh, since the theater and enjoyed it for <laughs> what it was. But uh, because it's Denzel, man. I mean, I'll watch anything Denzel. That's the. 100% the truth, man. Even Unstoppable, that Chris Pine. I love that movie. Yeah, a- I like that movie a lot. I think that's a good movie. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. If there are any, like, like John Q, I don't like. There's- I've actually, I don't know if I've ever seen Deja Vu. Deja Vu is good. I think you might actually get a fucking kick out of Deja Vu, dude. Um, I don't think I've seen that one. John Q, I've seen. Questioning the logic of it. Like, I think you'd actually get a kick out of that. Fences, I haven't seen. Oh, wow. Really? Okay. Uh, it was just part of, you know, there's always mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so many awards films that come out. Right. And the skinny on that was, uh, he's Denzel on this. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like, it's a good, there's a reason he's a gold standard. Uh, but the movie's, the movie's good. The play's better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there's three other best actors that I haven't seen also, and those movies might be better or something. Oh, Okay. But it's rare when I don't see a Denzel. Yeah. Uh, There's, I got a couple of holes with Denzel. Like, um, I've never seen Pelican Brief, the one with him and Julia Roberts. It's good. It's good. Yeah. It's I mean, I read, I read the book. I love John Grisham. Um, at least the early stuff of John Grisham. Um, what else? Oh, I never saw Devil in a Blue Dress, the one with him and Don Cheadle. That's supposed to be fantastic. So <sighs> It was on HBO or something back in the day. I have seen it. But okay. I haven't. Yeah, I mean, I didn't ever sit down to watch it. It was just on. Yeah. So I caught it at certain points. Right. This would be a fun. Have we ever done top 10 Denzel? That could be fun to do yeah. someday, man. Have we done we it? Have. Okay. All right. All right. There we go. I mean, it's been a long time, but I know we have. <laughs> We've been doing this a long time, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Where are we at here? That was my six. So we're on to your five. Okay. My five is Van Wilder. Uh, slight punt. Slight punt. Okay. All right. Uh, my five is Deadpool 2. Uh, that's a punt. Okay. All right. What's your four? Four is The Voices. Oh, I never saw that. The one where the pets are talking to him? Oh, please. Yeah, his dog and his cat. Dude, it's so weird. Yeah. It's like such a, a out of left field for Ryan Reynolds. And uh, I don't know, man. The, the quirkiness <laughs> of it, you know the conceit. So he's schizophrenic going into it and his animals talk to him. Right. And guess what? It only gets weirder from there. And it, <laughs> it's fucking, it's really dark, but it's like accidentally dark. Right. The, the, the animals take the edge off of how truly disgusting this entire, because uh, there's, well, I don't want to spoil mm. it for you. Mm. Um, so do you think you want to see it? Yes. I mean, I, 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 was watching uh, trailers for his stuff, and yeah. I watched the trailer for that, and I was like, oh, wow, interesting. 
I don't. I I I'd be curious to see it, but you feel free to ruin it. It's, it's you know I don't I don't no, care. No, no. It's not a big deal it's, to me. The trailer makes it seem like it's dark, but kind of light. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. It's dark. <laughs> Ultimately, it's it's pretty fucking dark. I saw so a couple of going into it. I saw a couple of scenes where the dog is talking to him, uh-huh. and then the cat's telling him to kill people. Uh, yeah, once and then the like, angel, once the devil. Right, and then a severed head is talking to him. Yeah, uh, and I was just like, "Wow, this is madness, man!" But it, but he, the, the way they described it, from what I was seeing, is like he is as surprised about the things that are happening to him as you are as an audience watching it in the movie, which adds another element to watching the film. Yeah, uh, he is. That's a good way to put it. He is surprised. Mm. Um. But yeah, I, the trailer makes it look like it's, you know, a little jokier than it is. I okay. mean, it's not full horror, you know, Mandy type of shit. Right, but right, right. Uh, it's, you know, it's not a lighthearted, hey, I can a severed head. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what that means. That's not like there's ever been a movie like that. So <laughs> that's the best I could come up with. Uh, mimicking, but I would totally recommend, you know, because we're uh, not going anywhere anytime soon. So if you're bored one night and want a darker movie to watch, The Voices is d- definitely worth the watch. I'm down. Bum, 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 bum. Severed head. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's my four. What do okay. you got? Uh, I have the change up, man. I I'm sure it's not on oh, the Bateman. Yeah, I thoroughly fucking love this movie. Okay. I, 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 just, it so long. I, don't... I have a sweet spot for it. I just have a sweet okay. spot for it, brother. Like I like the relationship between him and Bateman. This idea, I know it's them switching bodies. We've seen it a million times before, but for whatever reason, it just really works for me. You know, Bateman is married to um, uh, what's her face from uh, just married to Judd Apatow, the actual Leslie man. He's married to Leslie man. He's trying to figure out, you know, why they don't have that spark anymore. uh, That relationship spark anymore. Ryan is like this free will and dudes having, you know, affairs left and right. uh, And then they switch bodies and Ryan has to play a lawyer or figure this whole deal out. And then Jason Bateman has to kind of start dating these other women, but it, all like what happens in the switch and that they discover about each other. And if, if I'm not wrong, the way it happens is that it has to do with a fountain in the mall. If I remember correctly, something happens with the fountain in the it, mall. They like pee into it yeah, at the same that's time. It. That's it. I didn't know if I remembered it correctly, but they pee into it at the same time for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And it switches uh, and they go into their worlds. But actually, I mean, Olivia yeah. Wilde is great in the part she plays. Leslie Mann is great in the part she plays. And both of them have these really genuinely honest, heartfelt moments separately with people in this in the new versions of themselves, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in each other's bodies, rather. They have these really sweet, heartfelt moments in each other's bodies that I thought was actually really well done so that both of them come out of this thing having learned the right lessons of the experience. And uh, I, th- I just was surprised. And it's one I go back and watch all the time, Matt. I, I literally will put it on, or if I'm flipping channels, I'll just go watch a few scenes. It's just a very sweet movie. And uh, it's not probably highest quality movie, but this is top 10 favorite movies of Ryan, or top 10 Ryan Reynolds movies. And for me, this is in my top 10, top five. So, Yeah, perhaps I need to see it again. Um, I remember enjoying it, but it was it seemed so 
It's like I'd seen that movie before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, but somehow I'm okay with definitely maybe, which is a rom-com, which has certain staples that it uses. Mm. Uh, but that to me was at least a more inventive and fun take on it. Whereas we've seen these body switch, like there was three or four of them in the eighties when I was a kid. I remember oh, all yeah. of those. Uh, yeah, so vice versa of being a personal favorite, I believe. Oh, right. Fred Savage and Judge Reinhold. Fred, yeah, yeah. Yep. Then there was the knockoff Kirk Cameron, George Burns. Yeah, George Burns. Was that Kirk Cameron? 17 again, I think it was called. I believe it was Kirk Cameron. Okay. And then there was a third one, wasn't there, with a younger kid? 17 uh, again is the, the Zach Efron one. What's the George Burns one? Fuck. It came out not too long after what? Uh, Oh God, you devil! Yeah, Eighteen again—that's what it is. Eighteen, 18 again. And it's Cameron, it right? No, it's Charlie Schlatter from. Did Kirk Cameron do one of these? Uh, he might have done one, but Charlie Schlatter—what was he in in the eighties besides that movie? There's another movie he was in, I think, of note. Uh, yeah, Heartbreak Hotel. He played Ferris Bueller in the TV series of Ferris Bueller. Okay. Um. Yeah. Fuck. He was in a Sopranos episode. That's hilarious. No, he really didn't do much after this movie. I mean, he's still working. He's done a lot of voiceover. He's a big voiceover guy. Um. Yeah, Lego Batman, G.I. Joe Renegades. Yeah, all he does now, I guess, is voiceovers. Um. Yeah. So for whatever reason, yeah, he was the guy. Ah. Yeah. That's what it was. It was the Kirk Cameron Dudley Moore, like father, like son. Oh, right. I remember that one. Oh, yeah, that's right. That is Cameron. Shit. Yeah, so there's three right there. So <laughs> when I saw the change up, I was like, yeah, it's kind of like those movies, and it was fun. Right, but right. Perhaps I was judging it just kind of lazily. <laughs> no, it's fine. There's a lot of body. Are you going to watch that freaky uh, horror film that's, that's coming out with uh, Vince Vaughn switching bodies with a teenage uh, girl oh i don't know that i've seen the trailer for that one yeah it's coming out this weekend as we're recording this it's a horror film and vince vaughn uh is a serial killer who for whatever reason either they find some coin or something switches bodies with this like blonde girl from high school <coughs> and they have 24 hours the blonde girl from high school in vince vaughn's body has 24 hours to reverse it meanwhile uh, Vince Vaughn is the girl is slowly killing her friends and teachers at the high school. And it's supposedly a tongue in cheek horror film. So, hmm. yeah. Sounds interesting. Yeah, it's getting some buzz. Yeah. There's a lot of these body switch movies, Matt, like uh, 13 going on 30 dream, a little dream freaky Friday. Of course. Mm-hmm. Wow. I didn't know that that many, I guess Malkovich counts, right? Cause you in Malkovich's body. So that counts in the movie. Yeah, but Mal- Malkovich isn't switching his consciousness with yours, mm. which is what's happening in all these others. Good point. Good point. Um, all right. Uh, where are we at? Uh, what was that? Uh, Voices was my number four. So yeah. what do you got? So that was the change up by number four. So what's your number three? Okay. Three is Buried. Yeah. I knew it was going to be there. I still haven't seen it. I knew it was in your list. It's good, uh, dude. You like Locke. You like Buried. Hmm. it's one dude what's the premise that they think he's a guy 
who's stolen some money or has to deliver a money and he keeps claiming he's a truck no. driver is what's the premise no he's buried alive that's okay. it that's the premise. Why? i believe he's a contractor in iraq oh shit it's in iraq something along those lines he's a contractor in a war zone if memory serves i'd have I to look it up okay. okay so he's got a cell phone and sometimes he can get reception and he's trying to get through to his wife and to it's like 127 hours it's like any of those where you watch the person go through the struggle and all that. Uh, and that's the engaging part of, and plus if memory serves, it's only like 90 minutes, maybe a hundred minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I think it pretty sure it opens directly and he's already in the box. Unlike say 127 hours where he's got to get out to the middle of nowhere first. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. But like lock, you start in the car. Right. And it just right. all takes place in the car. Okay. Um, and I think for that reason, to watch him go across the journey to, you know, you've seen him do the Van Wilder things and all that, dropping one-liners, being, you know, snarky yeah, uh, and whatnot. And to see him kind of just go up and down and you're, you have to come to terms with the situation if it unfolds a specific way and right. really showed this dude's got some depth and some chops. So I know you've been you've been talking about this movie for a while. I should finally watch it. I didn't know it was set in Iraq. I thought it was just some Texas town. I believe so. Here, I'll look it up again. But if it's set in Iraq, now I'm interested. Now I'm curious to see what this is all about. You know, English, American civilian working in Iraq. Okay. Okay. So more than likely works for a contract, a Halliburton ish. Yeah. Yeah. Type of. You know, fucking Jason Bourne. They, you know, they fund those on the side type of uh, <laughs> industry. Um, all right. I'll give that one a shot for sure. Now that I know it's set where it's set, um, it makes it more curious to me. Um, all right. Anything more to add to that? No, because I don't want to ruin it. So go see it. Okay. okay. All right. So the mind number three is the punt from earlier, uh, Van Wilder. Okay. I mean, this is the thing that made his bones, man. We don't have Ryan Reynolds without Van Wilder. I know people want to go two guys, a girl, in a pizza place, but it was Van Wilder that people like essentially like this film that pulled him out of being a TV actor. It gave potential to what he could be uh, and what he could do with his career as, as a, a funny actor, as a comedian, or whatever. Uh, and I thought Van and Van Wilder. Look, Van Wilder still uh, is fun to watch. Yeah, there are some moments and some issues and what have you and but it's college man shit's gonna go down in college and it's fun and playful in that way and if you want to be offended by some of the stuff i'm not gonna have any issue with that feel free but i think it's still a funny movie and it's he's like so cool throughout the whole film the tara reed situation and of course uh you know before this is like when tara reed was still somewhat uh bankable or workable or castable and um everything that progressed from there uh cal penn is in this thing it's very funny yeah, that this uh, introduced me to cal penn yeah 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 and, and i, I didn't like two guys but i knew who he was ryan reynolds who's the uh uh black young actor who's with him the whole time wasn't he from a, a real world i thought he was from a real world oh he was from uh, oh wasn't he uh, well i'm looking up van wilder but he 100 percent was from real world or right? mtv programming like that black guy blonde hair yeah guy, blonde hair uh and i hate that they changed the title to van wilder wilder party liaison that drives me insane there it is tech tech right 
Oh, wait, wasn't Tech the one that got in trouble, trouble the with the other black girl because he yanked off the covers of her and she was No, no, that was uh that was not that was when they were based in like Santa Monica or Venice Beach. Okay. And the comedian who the only other time oh. you saw him, he had a short stint on uh, uh Fresh Prince. Right, right. He okay. did a one off on that, but it was a uh, you know Will thought he was just as funny, so he tried to go up on stage type of thing and he had to screw <sighs> him. Listen here, young guy. You can't just do this. You can't, you know, type blah 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 blah. Right. They hung out for. They acted like he was his friend from back home or something, and Mm -hmm. and they were hanging out for a little while. I don't know. Okay. Uh, But yeah, this. Yeah. This is because of this performance. He's the only person I ever thought that could do Fletch. Oh right, yeah, good point. See, that was my first thought as soon as I finished it, and it's been my thought to this day, but it ended. I was like, that dude would make a great Fletch. Uh-huh. Cause it's kind of a tough, weird, like I, I never understood the Jason Lee. Jason Lee seems like a great guy and he's a good actor, but right. I don't know. It's a very specific dry one-liner type mm-hmm. of world. Uh, oh, boy, yeah. if Ryan Reynolds would do that in spades. He has that gift, man. Like not a lot of people can get away with that kind of way of doing things. He has that gift. Yeah. Yeah. It's specific to him. Hmm. Yeah, nobody else does that dry. Like Clooney does it with more charm, not more charm, more uh, a Cary Grant level. Yeah. yeah, yeah, smooth. He wants to be smooth on top of that, which Reynolds does, but he's not. It's not part of the the marketing. So to yeah, speak. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, like I said, there are instances that are. You know, we go back and see any of these college comedies, you're going to find issues you know so it's just the game the way it is now but i mean you know there's just there's a you can turn your brain off a little bit and just have some fun it's not really happening to anybody it's not actually you know there's just fun playfulness of him being a bit of a womanizer throughout the whole thing you know it's it is what it is based on a true story about a friend of mine this is totally legit man (laughs) all happened so so just check the historical records right on uh all right what's number two man uh, my number, uh, my deuce is Deadpool deuce. Wow. All right. I got to take a quick bathroom break. You go ahead, man. I'll be right back. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the sequel. Most people thought it was fine. I really like that they managed to, that's a tough bar to, to, to clear after the first one, which we may or may not be talking about, but to have him kind of, lose his joie de vivre his zest for life because his uh his counterpart his i don't know if they were married at that point where they just engaged but she obviously you know dies and he is set adrift and kind of gloms on to cyclops and uh what is it megasonic or is it negasonic something teenage warhead can't remember exactly as some sort of extended family and they, and he's listlessly going through all of this and then sees in fire fist eventually how he can make an impact, a positive impact on the world instead of just succumbing to the depression that seems inevitable Um, to get that within a superhero film. I that that to me was much more uh, deftly executed than say Iron Man two and three, when Tony's struggling through the, anxiety and the panic attacks and how do you protect the world? I, I don't know. I never really enjoyed those 
parts of the storylines in those two movies because it felt like it dragged it down. Whereas in Deadpool 2, I think it only serves to help the transition to the overall end. Um, I love the addition of Josh Brolin as Cable. Uh, I thought it was, he fits really well alongside of. He's kind of like Batista in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's not that dry, but if you're going to have a character that's going to be so kind of Bugs Bunny-ish in Deadpool, it's good to have more of a straight to exist alongside of him. I've just been singing the praises of Deadpool 2 over here. That's all I've been doing. (laughs) Yeah, it's my number five. I just, I don't, I don't run to put it on. I don't get excited if I flip onto it and it's there. I thought, yeah, like you were saying, I thought Josh Brolin did a great job. Uh, Certainly Ryan is fun, but I think the first one is so much more, so just, just so much better than this one that it makes it kind of difficult to watch. Plus the X-Force stuff, the way it's handled. um, It's so quickly taken care of, but you know, there's a lot to enjoy. There's a lot of great scenes, a lot of funny scenes. Uh, Certainly the chemistry between Ryan and Josh is, is great. Uh, throughout this whole thing but for whatever reason it's not one that i just run back to and turn on a lot so it, it that's why i had it a little bit lower on my list uh, okay in that way but yeah. certainly not a denigration of the film at all for pure rewatchability that's why it's number two mm. i've already rewatched it a couple times since the theater um really? i just think i'll see the first one more times right. overall right. Right. and right. Uh, we haven't discussed that one yet so there's no point in bringing it up just yet <laughs> But, uh, yeah, the deuce is my deuce. So yeah. what do you got, my friend? Uh, you know what I got at number two, man. Just Friends. Of course, Just Friends. I mean, that film, I I, I, oh, I I can't explain it, why I love it as much as I do. It just checks a lot of boxes for me, this idea of going back home, this idea of, like, you know, what's this feeling like, still falling back into the same patterns, no matter how mm-hmm. cool or successful you are outside of the city you were born in or the city you grew up in. When you come back to that city, it's difficult not to slide back into the same familiar roles, uh, have like uh, these rivalries with people who you used to kind of dismiss or not think they're that big of a deal or, or have rivalries that re- reborn against people you had issues with, all of that. And of course, that one uh, girl from high school that was the one for whatever reason at that time in your life. All of that kind of connects up. And for someone who's struggled with their weight my entire life, like the back and forth, the up and down, like the difference in that and how you feel and all of that, it just all connects up. Plus, it's very funny. Anna Ferris is hilarious as shit in the film. I think Andy yeah. Smart is really sweet in the film. The two people that play his um, friends from high school that got married, they're very funny in the interactions with, with Ryan. And the, all the stuff he goes through to try to – kind of figure out how to get back together with, or how to get back with, how to be with Amy Smart is uh, great. Uh, and I put it in the Christmas movies list uh, as well. It's one I watch now at Christmas uh, and enjoy very much. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen it in so long since probably late 2000s, early 2010s or something. It's been, you know, Eight to ten years would be my guess. Yeah, it's the last time I saw it. Uh, I liked it. I just I, I haven't seen it in so long that I think that colors my perception of where it ends up on my list. Okay, well I don't revisit that one as often. And now, having just seen, definitely maybe, perhaps that is just a recency bias. Yeah. Uh, but I think I would go back to rewatch that just because it's such a it's a different take on a movie like that. So I, I'd be yeah. more intrigued like that. But I rarely go back to watch 
mini rom-coms. Like you've got mail. I think I could watch over and over and over again. Wow. Really? Okay. Yeah. I fucking love that movie. Like flat out. I will watch that before I watch sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> what about Harry met Sally? Is that, not, that's just an untouchable one, right? Uh, do I think the quality of the movie is better? Yes. But I prefer to watch Tom Hanks. So I would watch you've got mail. Okay. That's fair. Totally. It's just fair. It's Tom. So I'd rather watch Tom. Yeah. Uh, and you're getting Meg, you know, Ryan anyway. So that's a good point. Yeah. It's, a, it's a trade-off, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, friends. So we have been the same number one. Yeah, of course. I, I don't think there was any doubt. Um, yeah, it was the easiest no-brainer yeah. in the history of no-brainers. Uh, a film still is damn good to watch, Matt. Still unique in the annals. And we're talking about Deadpool, unique in the annals of comic book movies. Um, and it is pure Ryan Reynolds. Like it is ultimate Ryan Reynolds from second one until mm-hmm. the last second of the movie. It is very much his movie, his comedic style and his approach with Tim Miller's like uh, uh, action sequences and some of the darker edges of the violence in the movie uh, spring uh, in there with the humor of Deadpool, uh, keeping you uh, enjoying the uniqueness of this movie. I can, so mm. Hugh Jackman was not the first choice to play Wolverine, right? They offered right. it. It started with the something like they offered it to Russ Crowe, mm-hmm. but somebody else was slated to. I can never remember that dude's name. Oh yeah, Doug Ray Scott. Doug there you Ray go, Scott. Doug Ray Scott. Yeah, because he's one of been one of those leading that guys. Mm-hmm. Um, bounced around for a number of years. He's a good actor, but it's just, it's crazy to look back and be like, wow, they wanted Doug Ray Scott for yeah. Wolverine. That's bananas to me. Whereas. Deadpool is the inverse. I can't fathom anybody else. Yeah. Um, like Batman. Okay. There's going to be now a sixth Batman. There's going to be a seventh and an eighth and a ninth and a 10th. And that's going to keep going. It's really tough. Yeah. It's like this. And now Iron Man, I think are going to be the two toughest to ever recast. Right. But I still think Iron Man's a little bit, a slight bit easier just because Deadpool seems so synonymous in my head with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And that's what I mean. He made that film essentially be an extension of Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was. I'm sure as soon as people saw that this was the topic, hmm. they assumed our number one would be Deadpool. And the preponderance <laughs> of lists, I assume, I assume out there are Deadpool is number one. Yeah. Yeah. How could it not be? Like, yeah. It, it's well, hard it to be. Really- if you, if you like the rom-com angle, well, maybe you have Just Friends or Def maybe or you know something along those the those lines, and then you yeah. enjoy the the romance aspect of Deadpool. So it ends up at four because it's easily the best you know love story of any superhero film. Yes, agreed. Uh, uh, the chemistry with him and Marina background. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You could take a different tack, but if you're anything like that, us, just like ah, dude, it's it. Deadpool's pretty much perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so. Who doesn't I mean, want that on their filmography? They finally got Colossus right. After yeah. all those X-Men movies, it was great to see. I didn't know that, that was ever going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Especially, yeah, like Matt, Matt and I are readers of the X-Men comic books. Like Colossus is a great my character. Yeah. I, I like Cyclops, but he seemed like too good, uh, too much of a goody two-shoe. Yeah. He's also and I like shit all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And in the with the love story and with Gene mm-hmm. and... Uh, what nice it's like ah if you're really gonna go tete-a-tete with wolverine you're gonna lose every time man wolverine's the best yeah so cyclops is just over on the side just being made of metal and badass 
It's just that's what I liked about him. You knew exactly what you were getting from him every yeah. single time, and he never disappointed. Nope. Nope. Um, um yeah, and Negasonic Teenage Warhead is good in this thing. If you haven't watched it, Negasonic, it for a I can't remember that. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you haven't watched it in a while, it is good to revisit the uniqueness of this. Because sometimes you walk, you know, you like haven't seen a film in a bit and you forget how good it is. You have to rewatch it again to kind of remember how unique and distinct it is in the world of superhero movies. Like Guardians of the Galaxy is unique and distinct in its own way. I think Deadpool belongs in one of those like kind of smaller bowls of superhero movies that take that genre and do something unique and interesting with it. And uh, yeah, and it's great. All right, um, so that's our, yeah. That's our number one. Yeah. And that's our, uh, Separate lists uh, for the top 10 Ryan Reynolds movies. And we're going to combine them now into the overall official top 10 list uh, for us uh, here on the show. So, Deadpool number one. And Wilder, we have three, five, definitely, or no, Just Friends is what, two, seven? Yeah. So three, five would beat that. Deadpool, you have where? Deadpool two, I'm sorry. I have Deadpool 2 at 5. Wow, so it's Deadpool 2 versus Van Wilder. Ooh. They're both 2-5-2-5. Two, five, two, five. You got a coin uh, handy? I, I think I would put Deadpool uh, 2 over overall. I would. Uh, no, I don't have a coin hand. Sure, do you want to... Um... All right, I just wrote it down. Okay, all right. <laughs> We're both roughly in the same. In terms of quality, uh, in terms of quality of filmmaking, I'd have to put Deadpool two over Van Wilder. So, um, so then, well, so that's one, two, three. Is that one, two, three? Yeah, that's one, two, three. Just okay. Friends is two, eight. Okay. Definitely, maybe is six. What? Seven. Six, seven, two, eight beats that. Yep. Okay. All right. So let's just do. Best friends. Steve Pouch, you had where? Uh, six. Okay. So then maybe I'll see if house at six overall. Mm, I had it six. Yeah, but look at the ones that haven't made the list yet that are higher on your list. Don't you think they're better than safe house? The change up? What's your next highest? Uh, the change up at four. I got buried at three. Yeah, put buried in then. Yeah, that's the one you've talked about all the time, Bob. You want the change up over safe yes. house? I'll take the change up over safe house. Yeah. Your next highest. Uh, let's see. If we've got Deadpool, Just Friends, Van Wilder. The cha- and we put Van Wilder right. The change up, Deadpool to safe house. The, definitely, maybe eight is my next one. A, a, a life, yeah, life. Okay, so my next two make it on then. The Voices at four and Mississippi Grind at seven. Okay. And that completes our list? List. Awesome. All right. Let's do this. The top 10 Ryan Reynolds movies. Yeah. At number 10. Mississippi Grind. At number nine. The Voices. At number eight. Safe House. At number seven. The Change Up. At number six, buried. At number five, definitely maybe. At number four, just friends. At number three, Van Wilder. 
At number two, Deadpool 2. At number one is Deadpool. That's right. Deadpool. Good stuff. Just don't call Uh, him Angel. Just call him Angel in the morning. It's a great beginning. Um, Well, there you go. There's our Ryan Reynolds, top 10 Ryan Reynolds movies. Thank you all so much for listening or or watching this on the YouTube. We always appreciate it. Uh, It's fun to revisit these movies and do these occasional actors lists. Um, and there'll be some fun topics coming up soon. We've got some Patreon topics coming up soon as well for December. Looking forward to that. Um, you know, it's always great when our patrons uh, get to choose the topics. We get a lot of fun and get to put their lists on here. Um, what else we got to say, Matt? Um, well, we hope you enjoy. Uh, you are enjoying round two of the Golden Ticket. Yeah, and uh, that's the. We go to the semifinals next, and it's going to be two matches after this round and it's straight into the finals and uh we've got a little something up our sleeve potentially for the finals out there so stay tuned on that uh we need to talk to uh some uh social media people see what uh what is possible mm-hmm. um and if you'd like to uh support the show over patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10 we thoroughly appreciate it uh, this year's been on hard on all of us and the fact that you guys are still in mass supporting us over uh, patreon is awesome. It's yeah. uh, it's really helped thoroughly. So our thanks to each and every one of you. Even, even if you just do a dollar uh, a month, it mm-hmm. still means the world. It helps uh, immeasurably. So our thanks to everybody that supports over there. And if you don't, hey, give us a retweet or give a rating or tell a friend or, you know, any help that you can give. Uh, we thoroughly appreciate it. And we are in the giving season. So <laughs> let's shove it right up 2020's keister. You know what I mean? And go out with class and dignity and just bury this year. Uh, and you start off by just telling a friend about the top 10. There you go. How those two things tie in. I have no idea, but they just they seem to, they uh, really yeah. seem to. I love it. Uh, um, yeah. Everything Matt said, Matt, where can they find, is that it? Where can they find you, man? I think you covered everything, brother. Where can they find you and everything got going on? Uh, at Matt Nost, uh, anywhere, uh, drop of dimes will be coming back, uh, as the you know season approaches and, uh, settle the score, uh, every Thursday, and you can find that anywhere you get podcasts. And that is it for me. Yeah, fun show. Settled the score. Uh, it was fun being on with Doreen Adelianos. I can't, I can't recommend it enough. It's a fun, inventive uh, show, and it was a pleasure to be on it. And I hope to be back on again. Andy Merriweather doing the uh, uh, music for that, killing and, it on uh, the tunes. Absolutely, it's great. And of course, he does the music for our uh, Golden Ticket show as well. So, uh, uh, yeah, you can follow me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, if you're watching us on the YouTube channel, uh, if for those of you who are maybe just listening to us on the podcast channel, if you don't know by now, we have a YouTube channel. Please hit subscribe on the uh, on the channel as well. Hit a like on the channel. Leave a comment down below all the likes and comments that you leave kind of elevates the visibility of this show and this channel on the top 10 channel as well. Uh, as for me, we just dropped the 200th episode, uh, 200th episode of the cinephiles. We did a hour and 15 minute documentary about the previous 200 episodes, had some guests come on and all of that. So please watch that if you can. And of course, uh, follow me on my, or watch my content over on my own YouTube channel, youtube.com dot com slash uh john roca says see all the stuff we got going on over there a lot of star wars content over there right recently and uh, some sports and some we gotta get matt we get matt we gotta get you on game time back i, I gotta get you on to come on and have some fun talking some nfl stuff it's been crazy for sure so uh, work it out on the schedule although i think you tape at a time that i tape something else 
Ah, well, yeah, there you go. Always, always, when you're doing a lot, that's how it goes. Um, all right, well, anyway, that's it from us. Uh, thank you all so much. And uh, uh, I guess we'll talk to you next time on another mm-hmm. brand new episode of the Top 10 Show. Ooh.